And we're live. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Editing Plus. My name is Stephanie, and I am your host in this wonderful podcast editing conversation that we're having. And there's two people already watching us. Yes. Hello there. <laughs> Welcome, folks, in the chat room. Uh, we are going to go around and meet all of the lovely podcast editors that are with us today. But first, I want to tell you just a tiny bit about Podcast Editing Plus. Uh, we're a growing community of international podcast editors and people who like to edit podcasts because you don't need to just have a, um, clients for this. It's anybody who edits podcasts. Um, yeah, it's a newsletter, a podcast, a YouTube channel, a Twitter and an Instagram account and a Gmail address. And I've, I'm about to run out of fingers. So that's where I'm stopping with all of the, the spokes in this podcasting wheel. So, um, and this uh, podcast editing live is part of a 30-day podcasting challenge. Uh, thanks to Jennifer Navarrete at National Podcast Posting Month, where crazy podcasters like myself are po posting an episode every day of the month. I think that's it. All right, so let's go around and meet the lovely folks that are joining us tonight. Ken, can you start us off and let us know a little bit about your podcast editing self? Yeah, um, I'm Irish. I'm originally from Dublin and Ireland. I'm now living the rural lifestyle, just a couple of hundred uh, miles away from Dublin. Uh, I started podcasting around 2018. I started off with a tiny little uh, Zoom H6 and a microphone. And since then, I've gone from strength to strength. We do a number of podcasts for an organization called the European Network. And also, I do some podcasts on my own. I do podcasts with my little daughter, Lydia. She's nine. And we do Lydia's Booktastic podcast, in which Lydia reviews children's books and gives her opinions on them. And then I do the odd motorsport podcast, because my background originally was motorsport journalism. But as you go older, you know, you get into other things. So here I am. Fantastic. Kate? Yeah, I'm Kate. My podcast is called Ignorance Was Bliss. I started in February of 2018, so I've not hit four years yet, but I just released episode 372. I can stop anytime I want. It's not a problem. And it started as a, an, honestly, an escape because I have four children. I'm married, and at the time my father was living with us, and I was losing myself. In all of this, I'm also home on disability, and I and I needed to tap back into the feeling of being competent and being productive in some way. I'm a forensic psychologist by trade, and so I thought true crime and luxury. And since then, it has evolved and morphed into a story collection exercise. It's my way of connecting with people and talking to people, and I adore it. I'm so excited. We have folks saying hi in the chat room already. We've got Jason, aka Agent Palmer. We have, and this is where I need to put my glasses back on, Kapai over, oh, sorry, Miranda over in Greece. Yay, almost a neighbor. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm, I, get, I get carried away. Sophia. So, hi, everyone. I'm Sophia. I'm from Serbia. And I am podcast editor, so this is what I do for like living. Uh, I studied sound uh, design and recording and then worked on a few films as a dialogue editor and sound editor. And after that, I turned into podcasting editor because I love podcasts and also I always loved the radio. So this was like my ki kind of thing. Uh, and I enjoy editing podcasts. Currently, I have my agency with my friend Boyan and it is called Zvuk. 
RS and it is like we are working with people from US and UK and working on great, great shows. And this is what I love. When you get a room full of people who edit podcasts, you get a room full of really interesting people who've, who've come to it out of curiosity and all kinds of interesting backgrounds. And this is amazing. Okay. So, oh, and hi to, to Ted over in the chat room. Uh, okay, let's get started. So we're focused primarily on very recent things. Uh, what are you working on and what is a... What are the challenges that you faced like this past week or like just a few days before now? So we're not doing a long view of a big project. We're doing like current pain points and successes and things like that. So I have to just keep reiterating that because I get off track. So I'm also saying it for myself. Okay. So with that in mind, Kate, what have you worked on this week and what is a I don't want to say problem, but a challenge that you faced in that project. I mean, I've always had the challenge of the fact that I am hard of hearing. I hear about 25% of what normal people do. And so every edit is a, an uphill battle. And I've, I keep learning little tricks about what waveforms look like and, and what an um looks like. So if I decide to cut that, I don't have to hear it. I can see it and do that. So that's been fun. Um, but most recently, I was hired to do an audiobook. And so that's my first scripted adventure. My show is an unscripted conversation, bookended by an intro and outro that is not scripted. And so the experience of reading from a book and maintaining tone and pacing and minimizing background noise and making it sound as though it's all one sitting, even when it's not all one sitting, mm -hmm. has taken a fair amount of learning curve that I kind of thought four years in I had climbed, but apparently not. Wow. So you're, you're voicing the audiobook and editing it also? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have any experience in that whatsoever. That sounds really challenging. Sophia, have you done that yet? Audiobooks? Yes, we've done a few audiobooks. So for Rolson College podcast, we also did some, some audiobooks for them. So it was great experience. With audiobooks, like Kate said, uh, it is, you need a lot of cleaning to do. And also yeah. the voice should be consistent all of the time. So yes, it is challenging. And Ken, have you done any audiobooks yet? No, absolutely not. And I'd walk away from it <laughs> with, great, with, with no regret whatsoever. Um, I've actually been asked to do them, but no, I would never do them. Um, I did two times Zooming. And for me, like this is part of a passion and it's, you know, it's, it's not my full-time job. So they have to offer me copious amounts of money for me to mm -hmm. consider something like that, you know? Yeah, I, I've... I want, I've been wanting to do voiceover for a long time, but I've never quite put a lot, enough energy into it to get it. But I can't imagine doing the voice and the editing at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, Kate, how have you gotten over the initial uh, challenge of this? What's helped you? I mean, pr for one, practice and, you know, reading just the same small segments more than once over the span of multiple days and comparing them to make sure that I, I had, you know, and I don't, for my own show, I don't have much in the way of uh, ritual. 
sort of before I sit down, I sort of rush down and I make sure I have a drink and I get ready and we hit record and we see what happens. And instead with the audiobook, there's been a lot more of making hot tea and eating a marshmallow, which I hate. I hate marshmallows profoundly, but they do help with mouth noises significantly. Oh. I know, right? People kept telling me that and I was like, I don't want to do that. That doesn't work. No way. And then I tried it and it does work. And I'm really unhappy that it works, honestly. But <gasps> practice and ultimately it's it's a I'm I, I will be included in part of the royalties for the book, but I declined payment up front because it is my first and because my friend wrote it. And so I told her donate whatever you would have paid me to the charity that you work for and we'll consider it even because I needed the practice and right. you know sometimes you have to work for for attribution only when you first get your foot in the door of course I'm going to be focusing on marshmallows is that does it absorb the liquid it, in your mouth it's, they're made from gelatin and so they coat your mouth and so you don't have the smacking sounds Ah, and Shelly in the chat room said, I'm sending all of my clients marshmallow stats. <laughs> I, I hate marshmallows. I so do. But they oh, work. I can't stand them. Yeah, they're, they're the worst, especially, you know, raw. But Does it, it work. So take care of even the clicking like that. That's what it is. That's oh, OK. Shelly's not the only one sending them out. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Wow. 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 OK. Uh, well, Sophia. How about you? What have you been working on this week that has challenges that you've experienced? So this week I've started working on new episode of the podcast called The Flip. And it is podcast about uh, startups in Africa and it is scripted podcast. So it is narrated by, by our host, Justin, and we have a lot of guests and he's building the story throughout the episode. So uh, here we have like in this season, we implemented like uh, composed music by our composer. And also we have some sound effects and it is challenging because, you know, when you have five guests, you have five uh, signals to clean. Also, you have like the voiceover from Justin, who sometimes does not uh, do it in one take. He does it like the days after. And like Kate said, it is sometimes problem to fit the voice to be the same. So we are working on that a lot in mix, but also the cleaning. I, I sometimes like over clean everything. So, so uh, I must like balance my time, working time and like the level of cleaning I apply. But I usually, when I hear the, all of the clicks, I, I must clean everything. So this is why what I'm challenging. And also we had some uh, sound effects recorded uh, there on like some markets or so we are using that also and also I cleaned a bit of that and combined it so it is very fun to work on but also it is a lot of work. So it sounds like you have to stop yourself from cleaning it too much is that right? Yes, I have to like balance my time you know not yeah. just focus on on something that is that is the only thing there so I have to like balance the time and work on everything because we have a short uh, short time to finish it 
So it's like maybe just a week and I also have, so this is uh, the thing with teams, you know, because we, some, some episodes were late and then I had to do like temporary version of dialogue and set it mm -hmm. to composer. Then he, and give him the markers where he needs to compose the music. And then he sends me that back. And in the meantime, I'm working on dialogue and then like putting in the music and like uh, trying to fit the times so maybe i moved a bit of dialogue here and there and then like we work on tidying everything up and then mixing uh, so there is a lot of work to do so how did how did you adjust to all of that it wasn't that hard but you we we planned we planned a lot about this, like, uh, what are we going to do? What is the first thing that needs to be done? What can be done simultane simultaneously? Like when I'm cleaning up the dialogue, he can compose the music, but it is not like the things we need to uh, to be done, like, uh, at the same time, you know, we are doing it. And then at the end, we get everything combined into one session and then mix everything at the end, so. Uh, to stop yourself from doing too much cleanup, do you put like a time uh, restriction on yourself or do you like, no, speed just, it up? Or, sorry. No, no, I don't speed it up when I'm editing something that is uh, that much detailed, you know, because it is high quality podcast and we need to clean it up a lot. But sometimes, you know, you cannot do much if there there is a lot of reverb and you're trying to remove it and trying. And then at the end, tomorrow you hear that it, it sounds worse than it was because you like overkilled it. So you need to have that kind of balance to, to know when it's enough. So because, because dialogue restoration is uh, the thin line between getting better and getting even worse than it was. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Very true. There's that fine line between cleaning it up and creating artifacts that make it worse. Yes, yes. So yeah. that that is the thing. You, you know, you have to be careful and like uh, make small pauses for your ears to come back to like fresh state because uh, ears get clawed when you work a lot and listening a lot, especially if you wear headphones during the editing. So it is good to have some breaks and like go outside for five or ten minutes and then come back and start again yeah i was i was doing a bunch of stretches today while i was listening to the last pass of an episode i was doing and i i was thinking i feel like i want to make a yoga for podcast editing like video so different poses you can do while still listening and that's a good idea right <laughs> yes i feel like there are certain poses where you can but downward dog is not one of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like idea all right ken how about you ken what have you been working on this week and what challenge what's the biggest challenge that came up uh we just we just finished on a podcast actually we were doing a, a nine ten part podcast uh called the future of europe it is uh, in conjunction with a conference that was happening in Europe this year called the Future of Europe. So we were commissioned that by the Department of Foreign Affairs here in Ireland. But we had a pretty open remit, and like they were pretty good like that. They didn't kind of dictate to us in any way, shape, or form what the content was. So um, we were just kind of we were deciding actually the big decision this year, this week was whether we do another one. Uh, that was that was the big thing. Uh, I found that we've done a couple of we do tend to do series that have a point and a beginning and an end. We don't really deal with podcasts that continue to run, uh, mainly because I get bored, to be honest. 
Um, so I have too many concepts in my head. This, like I'm already onto the fifth idea already, you know, and like we have only started on our new series. Um, and this, what we find is I'm learning all the time and just listening to Sophia about the editing. I suppose um, a good colleague of mine is, 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 a, is a chap who writes a lot of music for children's cartoons and stuff like that. And he's engrossed in that. And, it, you know, whereas for me, it's just, you know, he's, he does it for a living. So every single day he does it. So it's very true what Sophia was saying, because he just sometimes just has to step away from the process and like literally disappear for two days and then come back with not so much a fresh mind, but a fresh pair of ears. And uh, thankfully, I don't seem to have that problem, but I am uh, much more lenient nowadays with, with my post-editing. Um, before, when like we did a podcast, for example, called Eastern Dialogue, which was about countries that are just outside of the periphery of the European Union, and they're mostly in Eastern Asia, sorry, Western Asia. And what I found was working with the guests who have very strong accents, like say, like just like Sophia here, um, what I learned from that podcast is that people who have, have a background where English is not their primary language, they get brain tired. And you find that towards the end of the podcast, when they're speaking English, they're, they're, stru they're stuttering and their M's and L's have become much longer. And it's the time when you say enough, give them a break. So we learned a lot for this podcast, that we didn't have many questions and that we didn't have, the podcast didn't run too long. So I guess that was the things I learned from this one. And the problems were not many problems, actually, because our podcasts very much have the same format mm. and we use the same type of equipment. But it's a learning process all the time. I tend to, uh, I tend to notice that people, regardless of their first or native language, they about 20 minutes in, a lot of people start stumbling. Yeah. Whether it was like in my own podcast when I'm interviewing them or when I'm editing my clients, I, about the 20 minute mark, like I can kind of zone out after the intro, I can kind of zone out for a bit and just listen as a listener and go in when I need to. But after about 20 minutes, most people seem to get a little more tongue tied and a little yeah. more like just conversation tired. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just something that you need to be mindful of, you know, because mm -hmm. they're doing you a huge favor by coming on your podcast yeah. and speaking in your language and making life really easy for you. Whereas, um, you know, you can't take advantage of that. And I sometimes see that, in pod sorry, hear that in podcasts where mm -hmm. people just drag the guest too long. And by the time they get to the end, there's a real sense of exhaustion. So we, we always try and avoid that in all of our podcast productions. We want people to come away uh, with, you know, that they've enjoyed the experience and not found the experience taxing. Sure, 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 sure. Um, do you ever find that like native English speakers also have a time period where they kind of hit a wall and they just, they're, uh, they sh no, should be done, no, speaking, but they keep no, going? <laughs> no, you can't shut them up sometimes, especially Irish guests. Irish guests, they never stop talking. <laughs> um, you know, we've had a few Irish guests for our Future Viewer podcast because there had to be a certain, uh, a certain point, uh, sorry, a certain amount of Irish references in it. Mm -hmm. So we brought in Irish guests who are very well versed on Europe and it's obviously uh, but they can't shut up sometimes. And it's great. I love that. So what we, what I actually have done is I give them the questions in advance, to be honest, so that yeah. they, they know what they want to say. Uh, because our, our podcasts are not challenging. We're not kind of hard hitting or, you know, extreme journalism where we want to put people on a spot. Um, you know, we want the conversation from them. So I find to, it, sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. But by giving the guests questions in advance, or at least maybe two or three they get really comfortable. And then in between those questions, depending on their answers, we, we pop in a few ones then. But sure. generally people from the UK, Ireland, I haven't, I haven't spoken to anybody from the United States yet, 
but generally UK and Ireland can't stop talking. And, um, you know, that's a different podcast as well. You, you just have to keep control on it. You know, you rein people in a little bit, you know. Well, I guess it's easier to cut it out if you don't need it versus getting it in there if you do need more. <laughs> yeah, you can, I, I thankfully I haven't had to do any, you know, uh, cutting room floor stuff. You know, generally what's in my podcast is what's happened, you know. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about, and also you kind of talk to them beforehand, I think is a good idea to oh, I advise anybody to do that. If you're if you're going to interview somebody one-on-one, always give them a call on the phone rather than talking to them, you know, by email, because you never know what they're like. And when you hear them and when you're talking to them about normal things, they tend to be more relaxed. So you can figure out how you can use that in the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, wow. Half an hour goes by really fast. We've got a few minutes left. So if anybody in the chat room has any questions for our editors, please let us know. And until they start typing that in, my favorite question, what have you learned this week? It can be something, anything tiny or big in your podcast editing experience that you didn't know before this week, but that you went, oh, right. Kate, can you start us off? No. <laughs> I cannot. I love honesty. <laughs> um, no, it's it's my my show has. I mean, three hundred and seventy two episodes mm-hmm. in. The learning is small and incremental. I have two shows that are coming out next year. One of both of which are scripted. One of which is a more of an audio drama style, mm-hmm. and one which is a more typical scripted long form show and ask me then because I can already see that there are a lot of things about that process (laughs) that I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do in terms of everything from the music to the editing. I'm going to have to farm some of it out because there are limits. You know, my show, I don't edit for content and I don't edit it's very light editing for yeah. to clean up the sound a little bit, but otherwise I leave the ums and the uhs in because my show is intended to be a conversation, not an interview. And that's all going to be very, very different next year with these other shows. Gotcha. 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 Uh, Sophia. So actually I did learn something because uh, I was previously on my college working in Pro Tools and also later in the films and there was option to import tracks from project to project. You don't have to like, you can import just the tracks into from one project to another project. So that was that was something that I, I couldn't do in Adobe Audition where I work now. And just, I think yesterday I found out how to do it. So I was uh, happy <laughs> about that because I, I found the, the way to like uh, move things from one session to another with like keeping the multi-tracks. Wow, okay. I'm going to think about that for a little while because I don't know how to yeah. do that yet. Over my head as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I tend to uh, very sloppily export each track and then import it into whatever DAW or the next session. Yes, but so that's uh, amazing. So you have like option also in Cubase we had like tra- track archive and uh, in Pro Tools you have import session data and yeah. here in Audition there is the way you just copy the session into the files and then just drag the copy the files. I can make make a video about that. But <laughs> it is great thing to to know. 
That is me, very cool. We might may have we are doing mini tutorials, so I'll, I'll talk. I'll we'll touch bases after this is over like about it. that. Um, like Ken, how about you? What's one thing that you learned this week? Oh, um, I learned that kids are much easier to work with on podcasts than than you think they are. Um, yeah, no, I think that. Uh, I think I. I mean, I. I don't use a very. I don't use audition. I found it mind warping, to be honest with you. And I probably need to sit down and and take more time to look at it. So I use Audacity, which is is very mm -hmm. basic, but it suits us down to the ground. I mean, I have a problem with volume with Audacity. It doesn't seem to have a master volume. And I. I. I like. Mm -hmm. I'm a musician. I was involved in music for twenty years, and my day started real to real analog. So Sophia's probably looking at me going, "Wow!" But uh, you know, there was you know, when you go to a desk, you have this big master volume. And what I find with sometimes is that Audacity doesn't allow you to get a great down mix. It doesn't allow you to get that final mix. You know, and sometimes you just need to tweak it all, find your levels, get it on, and then just hit that big volume button and bring it up. You know, and you used to be able to do that with the old analog ones. So you had this wide, you know, almost. HD style sound that you get with that fatness of audio of, of analog, and that's the problem I find with. So I'm still trying to figure out. So that's the yeah. the thing I've learned this week is that it's not easy to do. You know, you have yeah. to you have to go somewhere else with it. And uh, maybe I need to look at, at, at a Adobe Audition. Or I've been using Hindenburg the past few months, and they do mm -hmm. have a master track. And I do yeah. find that making like overall tweaks in that to be a lot easier without a giant learning curve. But I'm sure Audition and Pro Tools, they, they probably have something mm. similar as well. I don't I really don't. have a need for it. And that's the issue, you know, and I have a need for it now, I probably will have to do it. We're doing a new podcast in the new year, which I'm, I can't say, I'd love to tell you guys, but I can't. It's about, it's about women anyway. So it's about great women. <laughs> um, so um, all I can say is that, you know, I think we're going to need to go to the next level on this. So we'll probably have to upgrade my skills. I might need yeah. to get in touch with Sophie and she can, I can ask her to do some tutorials for me, you know. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> step from analog to, to digital. <laughs> yes. yes, you can. So actually, all, all of the those like Pro Tools, Cubase, Nuendo, and like uh, also Reaper and audition or have the mixer and in the mixer it looks like analog like you said you have like yeah. signal chain from gain to like volume and then you can make groups and then also you can add a master track and there like do that i, I assume like limiting or something like that that you're yeah. talking about well sophia just to say um i actually used cubase but last time i used cubase it was on an amiga so that shows you amiga <laughs> it's, it's like workstation. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was the it was the go to it was the go to computer back in nineteen eighty nine. Trust me on that one. So uh, every every oh, song yes. at the time was done on Amiga, so on Amiga Cubic. So uh, oh, that's yeah, I believe it looks the same, you know. So but thank <laughs> yes. you. I will definitely, I will definitely, uh, I'll definitely be watching your videos more more interesting here on in. Well, we're in, I'm in a bit of a pickle because we are almost out of time. We've got three minutes, but we have a question from Ted in the chat room. So Ken, Kate, Sophia, do you have five extra minutes that we could go over sure. a little bit to answer his question? Sweet. Okay. So Ted says, I'm curious about whether editing audiobooks is a straightforward transition or extension from editing podcast, or if it's a very different skill. My experience for mine has been that it's largely similar. I just have to have the, you know, the different recording sessions, you know, side by side. And compared. so because my, my editing is visual, I 
it's it's a little bit easier to to go by numeric and visual input rather than how it sounds. Mm -hmm. And so that means it's a little less intuitive and a little more I've written numbers down and I compare them on my screen. And so it's very much, you know, I didn't know how to edit anything at all and would have assumed that deaf podcasters were not a thing before 2018. I really kind of assumed that there's no way I can podcast mm -hmm. because I'm deaf and that's not an option. I'm listening. Everything I listen to is at 100% at all times. And there are still times where I find myself sort of leaning in as though that's going to help. But, you know, <laughs> I do anyway. And I've learned a lot of tips and tricks and, and ways to make it work visually. And so my experience with the audiobook is just, it's a matter of writing those, this sort of standard operating procedure, the, the list of steps, writing it down to make sure that when I take a break between those sessions, the next one sounds the same as the one before. Gotcha. Wow. Sophia? And uh, I, I agree with Kate in everything she said. It is important to have like the voice actor who has a controlled voice, who is to, to have that consistency during the book because you cannot read the whole book in one take. It's not possible. Like podcasts, you usually record when it's like conversational style. You usually record it one time and that's it. You don't have that changes of, of uh, like tone of the voice. But uh, voice is different, you know, in the morning and in the evening. And it depends. Did you eat something? Did you drink water? Uh, what about mouth, mouth clicks? Did you uh, stay at the same distance from the microphone? So a lot of a lot of the things. But usually from the editing side, uh, you have to like uh, do a lot of cleanup uh, of these mouth clicks and everything we said before, like plosives or stuff like that. And also there are some different guidelines than podcasts about like uh, loudness or peak levels or so that technical side should be met also. So it is basically similar, but a bit uh, level up. So I, I would say it like that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And Ken, sorry, you, were, you started to say something at the beginning. Well, I was probably, go I was going to say that I'm going to bow to Sophia and Kate here because <laughs> I've never experienced it. But I have done a lot of recording music and I think it's probably similar in some ways in that you need to have a really, really good engineering team behind you if you're going to do a, do a book. I think it's mm -hmm. not something that you should tackle if you don't have experience behind you being in a studio at least or even being in a professional studio you know if that's just a personal feeling i wouldn't tackle it you know but um also i think you, you need to nail it with the person who has good voice you know and um i, I mean i don't think for example i probably wouldn't be very good for it for that because i tend to talk too quickly and it's okay when i'm interviewing somebody because i'm not the one talking but um if i was to go on like that i think it would I would be constantly told to slow down. So, you know, it's not just about the tone and, and the type of voice the person has. It's speed is a key issue, I think, as well. And Kate doesn't talk very fast, so that's kind of really good for an audiobook. Um, but I think it would be disastrous, say, for me. And, and just to be a bit biased, I even prefer women to read audiobooks that are written or by men anyway, because I just think they have a much more um, easier voice to listen to. So that's, again, that's just my personal <laughs> There's nothing else on that. It was just that. It's just that it's much easier on the year. Guys, yeah. I also did over-exaggerate. You know, they over-exaggerate too much. That's just, uh... 
I love when author of the book reads the book. I, yes. I feel like that that is something that when I listen to audiobooks, that is something like yeah. that I really love because then I get the feeling that that is their like stories fully transmitted to me when I hear their voice. But maybe it's just exceptions. me, but I really like that. Yeah, they, I think authors are exceptions to the rule because they're so passionate about their work. So yeah. that can work. That works 99% of the time. But if, if you have, say, a book that's just, you know, sometimes actors, you might think actors are, you know, they might be perfect for certain books, but I've heard, you know, very famous actors do audiobooks and it's been a disaster, so. I think they start to rely too much on the on the physicality of what they're used to doing in their acting careers, whereas voiceovers, voiceover folks are used to it just being their voice. Like when I'm listening to an audiobook and there's one person doing three or four voices and I forget that it's one person and I start to get into like the little kid sounds like this and the adult sounds like this. And I'm like, wow, that is one. And every now and then it'll, it'll click and I'll go, that's one person that's talent that's amazing <laughs> but I, I find out and what i i just think this very brief but it can be funny there's nothing worse when you get an author or somebody who reads the book and then they start putting on the accents or the <laughs> voices and especially if it's if it's a guy and he starts doing i know what was why can you stop you know and you're kind of going why are you doing that no one wants you to do that so i'm yeah. sure sophia would say that's a big no-no for anybody coming into their studio <laughs> so i i wouldn't recommend that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's why I love that you can play samples of audiobooks now before you buy them because I need to know that that voice is tolerable and they're not doing goofy stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. man, okay, we're, we've diverted, we've diverted. <laughs> so let's go around and quickly tell people where they can find us. Is there one central place online that's best for people to find you? Ken, can we start with you? Uh, two places actually, if you don't mind, because of two separate podcasts. Yeah. Um, one is for all of the podcasts uh, that I'm doing at the moment, the European network.eu, simple. And then for myself and my daughter's podcast, it's really simple to find. It's just called Lydia's Booktastic Podcast. And it would be great if everybody did a click because she watches the clicks and she gets disappointed if they're not oh. high. So, so, uh, so if you just give it a click and we, we love feedback as well, that's really important. She doesn't get shy for that. So that's, that's the two. Fantastic. Kate? I am at IWB Podcast on all of the social medias and IWB Podcast at gmail.com, IWBpodcast.com, because that is one of the things I set out to do before diving into podcasting was find one URL and Gmail address and everything that matched, because that way I remember it. <laughs> That is a good plan. And Misty Wisty says, what's up, Ken? We love you, baby. Woo. I don't think I'm doing that right. <laughs> I think it's called woo. So, woo. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sophia, where can we find you online? Okay, so uh, I think everybody can see I, I wrote my full name and like the link to, to my uh, agency website. So these are the places you can find me. Also, my name in you can type it in LinkedIn and you will you can contact me there. And also you can check out our website and see our work. 
fantastic. And I'm at, and I had the wrong name for the first 10 minutes. So that's not embarrassing. Podcast Editing Plus on Twitter, Instagram, and all kinds of places. Uh, we're doing this live. Let's see, this is the third one. Yay. And thank you all for Ken and Kate and Sophia. Thank you for being our guests today. And thank you for everybody in the chat room. Uh, we have one more coming up this month and we are going to continue after the 30-day podcast posting challenge that is now Podpomo. We have two like this in December and then a special one that I'll tell you about later on. But that's the sixth and the, I better look at a calendar before I say that. Shelly Aaron says, thank you for sharing everyone. Uh, the 6th and the 20th are going to be same time, same place. And the 13th will be a special one that I'll announce later when there's more confirmation. But thank you to everybody for participating uh, here and in the chat room. And this will be available in its polished form on Wednesday in podcast and back up again on YouTube. Thank you so much. And Ken, Kate, and Sophia, hang around for one second. And everybody else, goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.